Risk in Focus, the podcast. Information security in the expanded work environment. Welcome to the Risk in Focus podcast on information security in the expanded work environment, which is the number one hot topic in the Risk in Focus 2021 report. I'm Gavin Hayes, Head of Policy and External Affairs at the Chartered Institute of Internal Auditors. I'm joined here today by Tapinda Chabra, President and CEO of Isaka London Chapter, and Alistair Smith, Internal Audit Risk and Control Director at the energy company EDF UK, who will provide two insightful points of view on the cybersecurity and data security risks. Thank you both for joining us today, and I will now provide a brief overview of Risk in Focus 2021 and cybersecurity and data security risk. Risk in Focus is the Institute's most important thought leadership project of the year. It aims to be a vital point of focus for internal auditors across Europe as they formulate their audit plans for the year ahead. This year's report is based on a survey of 579 chief audit executives and 42 in-depth interviews, which for the first time included audit committee chairs as well as chief audit executives. In another first, the research also included views from 51 subject matter experts to provide insights on the developing risk areas such as cybersecurity. The outlook of Risk in Focus 2021 has been shaped by the coronavirus pandemic. While coronavirus is not a principal risk in itself, it has exacerbated existing risks, putting them in a new light and forcing organizations to look at them from different angles. This has been the case for cybersecurity and data security which was voted a top risk by 79% of chief audit executives in the Risk in Focus survey. Many companies have reported cyber breaches in the past, including Travelex, British Airways, and the NHS, with significant cost to the businesses, including impact on the provision of product and services, reputation, revenue, and customer attrition. According to the World Economic Forum, global cybercrime damages are predicted to reach $6 trillion annually by 2021. Lockdown and the overnight shift to remote working has increased organizations' vulnerabilities to cyber attacks. Information security functions have needed to ensure that they mitigate the risks of remote access while ensuring that businesses can function with minimal disruption to the delivery of their products and services. However, at the same time, the sophistication and pace of cyber attacks has also increased, with many cyber criminals exploiting the crisis and targeting the human factor vulnerabilities in organizations. With many companies now planning to shift to more remote working even after the pandemic, we would like to further discuss what this will mean for cybersecurity practices in organizations in the new normal. 
So Dipinda, welcome. Please could you introduce yourself and share any initial thoughts and trends that you've observed in cybersecurity practices over the last year? Hi, Gavin, thank you very much. First of all, I would like to thank you for inviting me to this broadcast session. It is an honor to join you and Alistair in this podcast. I am chair of ISACA in the chapter and ISACA is a global professional membership organization with more than 150,000 members in 120 countries. In professional capacity, I work for Verizon as their head of security assurance consulting practice in the UK. And we provide consulting services in the area of cybersecurity, IT governance, risk and compliance. It is a very interesting question and may take entire session to answer. The year 2020 was a year of upheaval and unprecedented disruption, as you mentioned. Even before the outbreak COVID-19, the speed of digital transformation was picking up. The COVID-19 only acted as a catalyst and rocketed up this pace of digital transformation. More and more services are being delivered digitally through web applications. Business demands that new features are introduced continuously to the existing applications, and this has led to reliance on crowdsourced code, adoption of DevOps, and we being cybersecurity, you know, have been in step with that uh, and led to uh, adoption of DevOps along with static application security testing and dynamic application security testing and web application security. COVID-19 meant that enterprise had to very quickly respond to travel and social restrictions and permit staff to work for home remotely. COVID-19 pandemic spurred the remote working at a scale companies were not prepared for. It meant that workers worked in a very controlled environment such as contact center, where even mobile phones were not allowed, now were allowed to work from home. In some cases, even using their own laptops with very little security in place. Most of the companies did what was necessary to keep the you know, lights on, business going, building security, pain as you know, they continue to fly um, or continue to provide services became the mantra. This new way of working brought identity, security, remote access, multi-factor authentication, privilege access management, user behavior monitoring, segmentation, and even micro-segmentation detection and response capabilities at the forefront of uh, cybersecurity professionals in 2020. Human element of security took center stage as isolation, lack of interaction, constant pressure of continue to deliver at higher levels while colleagues were furloughed or even laid off mentally drained and strained the resources at work. The increased level of stress led to more human errors and malicious actors took advantage of fear in pandemic with COVID-19 vaccine or even job-related opportunities factoring in into phishing and spear phishing campaigns. The dissatisfaction, the stress levels and detachment no doubt can lead to the insider threat and we are seeing that happening. Furthermore, supply chain Risk remains a key challenge and focus area for most of the enterprises. Recent solar wind breach is a very good example of how supply chain can impact the cybersecurity posture of an organization. Zero trust, this concept that was introduced by Gartner in 2010, it has now become more relevant in light of this ever-expanding and dynamic uh, threat landscape. 
Thanks for those interesting insights, Pinda, on what you've observed in cybersecurity practices over the last year. Moving on now, in our research, a group of experts surveyed identified phishing and malware infections as the most likely cybersecurity threats in the year ahead. Do you agree with that? I certainly agree that phishing and malware infections will remain credible cyber threat in the year ahead. Verizon Data Page Investigation Report 2020, which is based on analysis of more than 32,000 incidents and around 4,000 breaches identified hacking of web applications, social engineering, errors, and malware as top four threat actions. The web application remain main factor for hacking. Year-on-year, year, web applications-based attacks and breaches doubled. Attacks on web applications were part of 43% breaches, and it is easy to understand why. The web application is main way the most of the digital services are now delivered within the enterprises. Uh, social engineering and error, both related to human factor, now account for more than two-thirds of all breaches. And social engineering is all about exploiting vulnerabilities in humans. We human are emotional species. We are affected by emotions like fear, anger, and driven by our desire to be happy and please others. We are, are very familiar with the fear of missing out, which is again a fear that fact actors leverage to basically target us, our relations, and our staff with phishing and spear phishing campaigns. And it's, it's unfortunate that what makes us human also makes us vulnerable. And threat actors are, you know, as I said, becoming much more smarter than they when it comes to phishing and spear phishing campaigns. The quality and effectiveness of spear phishing, phishing campaigns and business email compromise has improved substantially. And if we talk about errors, 21%, or I would say one in Five breaches are today caused by errors, and these errors are due to miscontrigation, mispublications, or otherwise just working under pressure causes us to overlook something and lead to error. It's you know one of the top four threat action category. Interesting fact about malware is that it factored or appeared in only five percent of breaches. In most of the breaches analyzed in DBIR 2020, attacks were launched mainly leveraging hacking, social engineering, error and misuse of credentials, and then malware was delivered in second phase of attack. So in a nutshell, I agree, you know, phishing and malware is one of the credible cyber threats in the year ahead, but we cannot ignore web applications and errors as well, and we should keep the focus on these two as well. And Apinda, what are some of the challenges for those looking to implement better cybersecurity practices in their organization this year? Well, it's a very interesting question. I think resources, including human resources, skills, capability, and budget is going to be the biggest challenge. COVID-19 has affected most of those industry sectors, and but we are all under pressure under pressure for probably cutting the cost. Even before the pandemic, lack of budget and skilled cybersecurity resources was a big challenge. And according to State of Cybersecurity Report that was published by ISACA, when it comes to cybersecurity resources, 62% of the organizations are understaffed. 
and only 38% of us felt that our cybersecurity budget is appropriate. A pandemic has certainly made the situation worse. Most of us, our companies are in survival mode. The budget for cybersecurity has dried up, resources have been furloughed, and many cybersecurity departments are operating with the skeleton staff. The reduction in force or staff is back on the table. In the new normal under COVID-19, organizations have more mobile workforce operating outside the confines of the corporate network more than ever before. The mobile force in their own home setting, in most cases using their own devices, using their own home wireless network, has increased this attack surface substantially for organizations. How do you apply control and adjust to the new norm? How do you keep this remote workforce engaged and cyber aware? Still remain a challenge for most of us. Uh, user training and awareness would be critical and should be critical, but training is normally the first to go when the cost base is to be trimmed or removed. I'm already seeing the training budgets being trimmed, which is counterintuitive considering the human factor. Organized criminals and state actors, on the other hand, know very well that most of organizations are at their knees and see this as an opportunity. We are already seeing the uptake of activity these from these group of actors. Considering 25% of the breaches went unnoticed or undetected for months, how to continue to protect the company information and digital assets with reduced level of outputs or resources? How do you maintain the capability to identify, detect, protect, detract, and respond, recover with even less resources, with increased rate of digital transformation? and bigger attack surface will be a big challenge for those looking to implement better cybersecurity practices in their organization this year. And Pinder, you yourself are a certified ethical hacker. So in your opinion, you know, based on your experience, what are the most common weaknesses in organizations? How do you go about identifying those weaknesses? That's an interesting question. First of all, I would like to say that I used to be ethical hacker, but 10 years ago. <laughs> However, from my experience, most common weaknesses in our organizations are related to people, process, technology, and physical security. Lack of cyber awareness and culture are the key vulnerability from human aspects. Lack of knowledge about the assets, basic inventory, lack of basic IT hygiene, such as unpatched servers, out-of-date third-party applications, unsegmented networks, inadequate authentication, authorization, you know, regulatory management, list goes on. And main thing is our inability to detect malicious activity and respond to security incidents and vulnerable, vulnerable web applications, mobile applications are, you know, again, introduce some of the vulnerabilities that, that ethical hacker or hacker, a track actor can leverage. Vulnerabilities in the supply chain, we mentioned, you know, SolarWinds is a most recent example but as a cybersecurity professional, these vulnerabilities can be discovered by security maturity assessments, uh, assurances activities, either by identifying third-party assessment, phishing simulations, automated scans, social media, and review of past breaches and incidents. On that basis, what advice would you give to internal audit teams working on cybersecurity in such a challenging environment? 
especially you know, given some of those risks arising from the human factor? Yeah, I think, again, just going back to one thing I would like to add is that ethical hacker, you can, it's very easy to identify the vulnerabilities, uh, these weaknesses, right? Most of the information is available publicly. For example, you can identify what are the physical location an organization operates from? What are the business relationships? What are the key roles? And even can identify personal, key personal working in the organization using their LinkedIn profile. You know, open source threat intelligence can provide you information about technical databases, public scan databases, and company-owned websites. Uh, so, I mean, if you look at ethical hacker and uh, threat actors, they can use that uh, information and use various tools to probe human, digital, and physical footprint of organization to identify the vulnerabilities and exploit them. Now, I would say from internal audit point of view, we should all remember that security is you know, as strong as the weakest link. We must have clear sight of digital landscape. It is important now than ever to understand our crown jewels and stay on top of our asset management. It may seem overwhelming and uphill task, but it is the cornerstone of cybersecurity. Uh, we had to maintain a light of sight to ensure that penetration test, vulnerability scan assessments are carried out at regular intervals ensure the scope of these tests are complete and engage a well-known uh, trusted company to carry out these tests. Finally, I would, I would also like to add is that from this point of view, make sure that discovered vulnerabilities are addressed in a timely fashion. We have, will be operating under you know, limited resources, as I mentioned earlier. So we need to look at you know, probably implementing continuous auditing and monitoring to ensure that basic hygiene and effectiveness control is maintained. There are freely available tools from Center for Internet Security to implement automated testing. Also, I would say that we must ensure that our internal policy standards are evolving to stay in step with regulation, industry standards, business, and digital transformation. We need to ensure that first line and second line are complying with these best practices and standards regularly you know, conduct the checks that internal standards we are using for audits are relevant and in our testing of design and operating effectiveness of controls, we need to ensure that we are complying with industry standards and best practices. It is more important now than ever to ensure that we continue to follow good practices and audit, ensure that scope of audit is well-defined, inventory is complete, and simply sampling is adequate. Some of the best opportunities to learn the lessons and you know, continuously improve our security incidents and data breaches. We need to make sure that we are plugged into incident and breaches so that we can factor that in our audit program. And as I mentioned, we are all working under a lot of stress, trying to balance homeschooling with increased workload. In these turbulent times, it is more relevant than ever to ensure that we stay up to speed uh, hackers do not sleep. They operate 24 by 7. Staying up to date with the threat landscape, leverage the reports like Verizon Data Investigation Report and the various publications from Institute of Internal Auditors to understand the threat landscape and also do analysis which, which one are relevant to you, your organization. Sometimes some of the threats are not relevant to us. And there are free information available in database investigation report to map threats to CIS top 20 controls and ensure that you understand how these controls can help mitigate the threats. 
in this age of information overload, we cannot expect to be ourselves. I think we should continue to maintain our membership of professional bodies like IIA and ISACA to keep up to date with the latest research and build our network of trusted peers who we can consult and you know, brainstorm our ideas with. And finally, I would say we'd like to, we, we need to keep an eye on effectiveness of our training awareness and trends of fishing simulation exercises above all the well-being of our staff and staff is the, you know, our key line of defense in cybersecurity and it's crucial for success of our organization as well. So Dependa, thank you for sharing your thoughts with us. We're now going to hear from Alistair Smith from EDF UK. So Alistair, welcome. Please could you introduce yourself and share any initial thoughts and trends that you've observed when assessing cybersecurity over the last year? Hello, Gavin, and thank you for the opportunity to take part in today's podcast. As you said in your introduction, I'm the Internal Audit Risk and Control Director for EDF in the UK. And in conjunction with that, I lead three teams, our internal audit function, a governance risk and internal control team, which has responsibility for our policy governance, risk management, and business continuity and crisis management frameworks, and last but no means least, a nuclear export controls and ethical compliance team. My assessment would be that the risks associated with cybersecurity have increased materially over the last year. We've seen changes in, or significant changes in, in businesses operating models in response to the COVID pandemic, with far more people working remotely than was previously the case. We have thousands of customer services advisors used to work in large call centres who are now working from home. Uh, And that brings potential home Wi-Fi security weaknesses and a risk that remoteness from the workplace can lead to detachment and potentially a new insider threat. We're also seeing increasing sophistication of malign actors looking to attack our systems, uh, install ransomware, phishing attempts, and more more people trying to get through firewalls. So the threats are increasing, and I think also the consequences are greater than they used to be, both in terms of reputational damage, as as the public is less tolerant, I think, of of organisations having data breaches, and also the the penalties for breaches under GDPR, as we've seen, are, are significantly higher than they were under the Data Protection Act. So how has the coronavirus pandemic affected the work of your internal audit team in relation to cybersecurity, particularly reflecting on your comments around the fact that obviously cybersecurity has been exacerbated because of the pandemic? How have the controls been impacted due to the expanded work environment, for example? I think the first impact has been a general one in that as an audit team, we've had to adjust to carrying out our audit activity remotely. We haven't been able to sort of camp in uh, the sites where our auditees are carrying out their operations. We've had to move to interviews by Skype and Teams, and we've not been able to physically inspect security barriers. It's also meant we've had to focus very much on our own personal responsibility for safe cyber behaviour. You know, all of that said, we are still delivering our audit program and it hasn't impacted our ability to review reports and data, to check access authorization of system users, to confirm that checks laid down by IT security policy can be evidenced as taking place. 
We're still able to review trends on phishing emails, to review progress with patching, to check that employees are receiving communications designed to reinforce a security-aware culture. We're also able to talk to IT security personnel across our different business units and make sure that they're comfortable that IT risk assessments are up to date, that controls are working and being monitored, and that notwithstanding the increased external threat, we are still operating within our risk appetite. What are the main priorities of your internal audit team currently in relation to assessing cybersecurity risk within EDF and the energy sector? And how is the safety of nuclear power stations assessed in relation to cybersecurity? Our main priority currently is monitoring the completion of actions from some IT security and operational technology security audits that we undertook just before COVID took hold. And I'm pleased that actually notwithstanding the uh, disruptions of COVID, the auditees are progressing those improvements. I'm also in a position to attend virtually our company security forum, receive updates there, and also have regular discussions with our Chief Information Security Officer about the state of controls, the threats we face, and I have regular interaction with our business unit IT security teams. We're slightly unusual in that our audit year runs from May rather than January, and so we're still in the process of finalising our 2021-22 programme. However, I know already that it will include an audit to provide assurance on whether IT arrangements are secure, resilient and productive remote working. In terms of cybersecurity and nuclear power stations, I'm slightly limited in what I can say because, as you'd expect, uh, some of that information is subject to security classification. Uh, That said, the government has published a civil nuclear cyber security strategy and the UK nuclear industry is regulated by the Office for Nuclear Regulation. They've set out security assessment principles and in EDF in the UK, we have a robust security policy and an ONR accredited IT network that is separate to the IT network used by EDF for commercial activity. The focus is very much on risk identification, assessment and control. And we have a dedicated nuclear IT security team to oversee that activity and to give assurance to our stakeholders, including the, the regulator, that actually those risks are being effectively controlled. So what will be the main focus for your team in managing cybersecurity risk in the year ahead? I think the first focus will be in ensuring that we adopt safe practices within the team. I don't want to be the head of audit. It has to go to an audit committee and say there's been a breach and that it was our team that caused it. I think the second thing is carrying out that IT audit and our that's going to be on our programme that I just mentioned. I think it's really important, particularly as we're not as close as we used to be in, in the office, is maintaining close links with second-line cyber security teams, monitoring the, the dashboards, the incident reports that they generate, monitoring communications with employees and training completion, and also, very importantly, taking note of external events and potential learning for EDF in the UK from those. Thanks, Alistair. So one final question before we wrap up. What have been the key lessons that you have learned in 2020 um, and how will you implement these across the organisation in the year ahead? I think one of the big things that the pandemic has demonstrated is that 
infrequent events with significant consequences do occur and that we should consider whether or not there are any other events for which we might not be sufficiently prepared. So I think that's probably a, a general point. I think my other takeaway is that we've learned that it's possible to achieve a huge amount without travelling. And it leads me to think, how can we work in a more environmentally friendly and productive way in a post-pandemic world and embed some of the positive outcomes that have come out of a very difficult 12 months, and, and such as reduced CO2 output and less spend on travel, and embed flexible working and, and, and the benefits that that can bring. Thanks, Alistair. That's been really interesting. We're really grateful to you for sharing your thoughts. That brings us to an end to today's podcast on cybersecurity and data security risk. Thank you to Depinda and Alistair both joining us today for providing some food for thought for our listeners, particularly in relation to information security in the expanded work environment as part of the Risk in Focus series. For those listening, I hope this podcast has been insightful and will help your organisation to manage and mitigate cybersecurity risk in the year ahead.